91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pasta Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. back once again in newport beach to talk about this week's episode the showdown and joe this was a real this was a real fucking roller coaster for me and let me give you this much we're, we're okay. gonna talk we're gonna talk about this episode for a little bit and then i may need you to convince me that this is a project worth continuing on this episode this episode may have almost broke me joe so we'll, we'll see we'll see i just here all right so first thing that we learn kick off the episode we know two things kirsten is drinking vodka like she's marissa and seth has not yet told summer about what happened in miami even though summer already knows because she saw it happening on television Mm-hmm. Then we get into the da da ba ba da da ba da da like <laughs> get into California, and we jump into the things that are happening after last week's uh, sexual assault, and yeah, it creates this really weird dynamic the entire episode mm-hmm. because you've got. Seth and Zach fighting over summer and mm-hmm. it's played up as this kind of comical, like dumb rivalry, kooky, quirky while simultaneously trying to also do a serious story of like the Trey Marissa Ryan thing, which just becomes this constant, like, hot cold hot cold hot like it's it's it the the tonal shifts are too much 
you've got the Caleb Julie Cooper stuff happening, which like all of their scenes feel ripped straight out of a daytime soap. Like the music cues, the dialogue, the delivery of the mm -hmm. dialogue, like it's very awkward and stilted and like kind of whispery. And then you've got this like, have we really spent an entire season doing the marriage crisis of Kirsten and Sandy subplot that is still happening? And it's just like, there's so, it's so much story joe but like i don't like the kirsten and sandy stuff i definitely am icked out by the trace stuff like oh man it's i i think at one point i wrote down i'd like this show so much more if it was just summer <laughs> yes it's called the oc colon summer <laughs> yeah like like because she is the most enjoy like her at one point she tells Seth like man it just shouldn't be this hard mm -hmm. and a that proves that she's the smartest teen in the show because she gets that much but b like I'm starting to feel that way too I'm like you know what <laughs> it shouldn't be this hard <laughs> to enjoy a 42 minute episode <laughs> of television this was a frustrating episode. Joe, let me ask you, where what do you think of this episode? Because I'm like steamrolling right now with, with Rage, <laughs> but you're the expert. I know that everyone has warned me that three and four, it doesn't get better here. But no, like, because so like, okay, the reason why I like season two and I, I hold on the one of the reasons why I like season two, which I'm realizing in this moment, as you have basically like, you know, are having this crisis of Orange <laughs> County faith over here is that season two of the OC, we can still get quirky with it. Like we can yeah. still have like a situation where, you know, the hijinks are in like literal hijinks are ensuing a, a crystal egg from a movie is going to fly yeah. through the air and someone with no like, you know, physical skills at all is going to catch it that all kind of like with all the stuff in this episode it's kind of the beginning of the end of that so let me address your points one by so let me address your points one by one okay all right. you the first the storyline of this like forever season-long storyline of the Cohen's marriage is in trouble, right? Which, I mean, spoiler alert, ends with Kirsten drunk driving and getting hit by a truck. <laughs> like, it, like, I literally, that was the point when that happened and I wrote, this is too much. I'm almost ready to quit. Like, I'm kind of right. glad that we're not doing our two episodes like we normally do and are only doing one episode because I, I yeah. literally threw my hands in the air and then put on Insecure. I was like, I need, <laughs> well, I need something light, like insecure. I, yeah, I was like, like insecure. Okay, all right. <laughs> or Barry. I, mean, I needed something to cheer me up. Nothing says light, <laughs> like, you know, um, Issa Rae and <laughs> Yvonne Orji, you know. Uh, what's her character's name in, is it Issa also? Yeah, I think so. It's I, you know, it's, I know, it's Issa and Molly. <laughs> It's become a background show, too, for me. Barry has my full attention. Uh, insecure. I'm on, like, season 
four, so I'm almost done. But it, it's, I feel like that show. This isn't the Insecure podcast, but I know there was like a pretty long break between season three and season four, and I really mm-hmm. feel like some steam was lost sure. uh, during that long break because I've been kind of zoned out on season four. Anyway, so yes, so this like and like like also context for the listener right this is this is a situation where we're only doing one episode but matt just watched it <laughs> so yeah. the takes just, are hot we just haven't watched marinated. it it's fresh and also like this is probably the latest we've ever recorded <laughs> yes <laughs> so, which thank you for that it's, of course but I, i'm i'm sure that there's also an element of that where i'm just like i'm tired and angry yeah just, <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a angry old man and um but so let's not forget right like the first half of season two was rebecca whatever the fuck her name is rebecca bloom yeah that's what i mean like the rebecca stuff was dumb and the carter stuff like like it's all just and mm-hmm. i don't I feel like I don't understand and maybe they'll explain it in the next episode, but like, I feel like I don't understand why Kirsten is downing vodka. Is she downing vodka because she thinks that Carter's her long lost love? Is it to cover up guilt about how she feel that she kissed Carter? Like we're not really getting much of a motive. So like, Sandy coming home with flowers, ready to take her out to dinner and finding her like, beyond passed out drunk on the couch mm-hmm. and the amount of there's like four different jokes in a 40 minute well jokes in a 40 minute episode of how much vodka she's drinking like yeah. like we're still keeping sandy, light of it yeah like sandy sniffs the orange juice and is startled by it she offers a glass to julie cooper who's like jesus is a lot of vodka and then again when he takes her home he let, or when he finds her passed out on the couch, he sniffs the glass and is like disgusted by how much it's. Well, I think she's vodka. just drinking straight vodka. At yeah, that point. Um, and Julie Cooper is like also just like immediately. It's very like after school special. Like yeah. she's just like you know, are you okay? It's not. Yeah. You don't find it at the end of a at the bottom of a bottle. Um, but but in that same scene though, right? It does give you what I believe is the is the reason for her drinking and why she's feeling that way. She's like the boys, you know, left at the beginning of the summer last year, there was the Rebecca Bloom thing and the, you know, Carter came in and fucked up. Like it's a lot of things that um, she hasn't, she's tried to stay cool, calm and collected for, but it's unraveling. And the Carter stuff really, because like, we know you and I know the audience knows that Sandy was faithful to her. She just kissed. Uh, he just kissed Rebecca once, but yeah. like Kirsten doesn't know that. And her inclination is to like, try to do more. <laughs> you know, yeah. her inclination is like, she wants revenge, but she's also like, it's, you know, again, this, it's not a binary answer. You can want revenge and you can be attracted to somebody. And you can also like, resent the fact that like your marriage is your marriage is in a rocky place when um most people go to you as like the ideal and the pinnacle of like what a relationship is so it's her crisis of faith and she's a fucking wasp right so she's gonna drink like (laughs) i also feel like this episode 
most of the OC. In retrospect, I'm not sure if you've picked this up as much as I have. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just this show. This is this is the early 2000s in general. Mm-hmm. It's very anti-therapy and counseling show. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, like we have a line where like Caleb's like, I, I don't, I don't think that me sitting on a couch complaining about my problems is a way to fix something. And like, mm-hmm. like. Kirsten and Sandy stuff could be so easily fixed by like just one therapy session, like a group Mm -hmm. therapy session. In fact, the only time that we see a character go to therapy, it's Marissa and she walks away with a brand new sociopath. Like, yes, like it's like (laughs) it's very it's such a mid early to mid 2000s view of what therapy is which is like it's for crazy people yeah (laughs) you're shipping me off to rehab in san diego to meet with a special doctor there and it's like whereas like if that were to happen now it's been like yeah she goes and she gets better and she comes back and that's the end of it like drama over yeah Uh, yeah it's the kirsten sandy stuff i hate that's the the main thing that i hate this season is because they they're fucking with magic and I feel like now modern audiences kind of see right through the will they won't they that you gotta like you know you you gotta give people what it is that they're looking for yeah so that's the Kirsten Sandy stuff right that's the Kirsten Sandy stuff I I'm wanna... not gonna address the set and you know all of that stuff because that's just like I'm getting sick I'm I'm already exhausted this is around the time that I get exhausted of the like these people don't like they're made for each other and they're just getting in their own way. But see, so that's my other, I guess that's my other argument is like, so with the set, we'll tackle that next. So with the Zach Seth summer thing, mm-hmm. this subplot, what's driving me nuts is that we are, again, I'm stealing a Gilmore guys phrase, but it's mm-hmm. a great phrase. They Who's are being deemed <laughs> They're, but they're deeming two different people simultaneously. They're completely deeming everything about Zach. Mm-hmm. Like, like Zach being like, dude, I'm a polo water polo player. We're not nice guys. Like motherfucker, yeah. you've been a nice guy this entire season. And like, also I don't think that you're in the wrong. Like, yeah. like yeah. you didn't like, you can think that Seth sucks and not have to be a dick. Like, yeah. like the, cause Seth sucks. Seth has fucked up. And like, Yes. Did he take advantage of the fact that he could see that their relationship was on a rocky ground when he came back? For sure. But like Seth sitting there acting like Zach did anything to specifically make Seth act the way that Seth acts. And he does not. He just you he basically weaponizes Seth against Seth Mm -hmm. by knowing that Seth is going to blow this. Yeah, and he he knows he's savvy enough to know that like no Seth is gonna do what Seth does, which is fuck this up, and I just need to sit back, watch, and and he even says it. He's like, "Dude, I'm a water polo player. We're never the good guy." Yeah, I just <laughs> I don't like, like wow. that. I, I don't like that line though because I don't think that it's true to Zach whatsoever. But I also think that they kind of Dean, um, Reed. Who just like out of nowhere is this like manipulative like businesswoman? Businesswoman is like 
It's like, A, she's absolutely in the right. You signed a contract. You can't back out at that point. But then, like, the manipulating Summer into, like, agreeing to do... Like, it's just, like, there's so... There's so many things in this episode Mm -hmm. that I just think really stretched my suspension of disbelief on a lot of it. It really made me feel... And maybe, look, maybe the fact that I'm complaining... Here's the flip side. I'm complaining because they're not doing the characters the way that I feel the characters exist, which in a retrospect way actually probably means that I love these characters more than I'm willing to admit, because I feel like everything that's happening right now is so against what I've come to accept these characters to be like, even the Trey stuff mm-hmm. and we'll get into the Trey stuff later, but even the Trey stuff feels like weirdly rushed and mm-hmm. like, out of character still to the character that we've been following. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get there in a second because I, I do want to like, we're doing good focusing on these four <laughs> plot blocks. So let's sure, kind of sure, close sure. out the Seth Zach thing. Like I will say the, the, the line of the episode for me mm-hmm. is summer decides that Reed is the source of all of the problems that like, Reed has fed Seth's ego and caused him to be an egomaniac. And now like Zach is a douchebag because she threatened to sue him if he tried to leave mm-hmm. this comic book. And she shows up and this is when Reed is sweet talking her and says like, but well, you're going to be the Nico. And <laughs> Summer stares at her for a couple seconds and then says, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't really get references from before 1990. Hilarious line. Hilarious, yeah. hilarious line. And then I did have to laugh when Seth is on stage basically reading his comic to a crowd yeah. of people describing and it describing it and he goes and he says welcome to atomic county bitch <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's the the way that it is the only positive thing I'll say about this comic book subplot because you know that this has also been like the bane of my existence for just being mm-hmm. so stupid but the way that it is folding into itself where they're literally writing a comic book version of the show that we are currently watching yes is is pretty funny it's pretty witty uh and I just want to throw a quick shout out because very rarely do I quickly peg a small nobody bit actor Sure. But also in this subplot, Seth has some of the guys from the comic book club spying on Zach and Summer. Yeah. And I believe the character's name is Leon. The character Leon, who's spying on them, has maybe two lines of dialogue. But as soon as he spoke, I was like, that is the intern Howie from the entire eighth season of Scrubs. And one of the uh, main kids in the Little Giants movie. And I just double checked to make sure I was correct. And I was. So (laughs) uh, also also in this was uh, a person who like went viral maybe 10, 15 years ago. But at the comic book signing, there's a geek who winks at summer when she comes out in costume. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was like a mini documentary on YouTube that went viral about this guy who, for whatever reason has was just the most popular, no lines extra of like the two thousands and appeared in basically every single teen show as a just 
background character like in glee and all of this stuff hold on now i need to look so hold on i'm i'm going to I if you go it up into imdb phone. for the episode it literally he's listed as he's an uncredited character that's just listed as comic fan winking yes that guy yeah yes he's in everything <laughs> he's like he's like clark duke but like <laughs> Yeah, he's like a Clark Duke didn't get to speak in shows. Yes, exactly. But like uh, looking at, so I, I pulled this up. So these are just some of his appearances at this same time. He was in Greek. He was in yep, he was Monk, definitely in Greek. He was he Monk. was in Better Off Ted. He was in Seventeen again. Heroes, Pushing Daisies, Forgetting Sarah Marshall curb your enthusiasm but like i i guess i should be doing a better job of explaining this so he was in greek his character's name just said superhero in monk he was third ua ufo enthusiast in better off ted he was employee <laughs> like like he's <laughs> like heroes he was comic shop customer <laughs> like it's just these non speaking Forgetting Sarah Marshall, theater audience member uncredited. <laughs> like, but it's just turned into this game for people where they're like, he's in everything. Can we find him in this? Mm -hmm. And yes, at this time in uh, in 2005, he was winking comic book nerd on the OC. Mm -hmm. Can I make one final observation? Sure. So you hate this episode because it's questioning your reason to continue because of how just like drama layer after drama layer of this like very weighty lasagna mm -hmm. is being put together right whereas like you know this season has had its fair share of like quirky campy the mall episode the mall you know what like, if i if i had to boil it down to a specific explanation though joe it's it's i think what i said earlier it's that i don't like most of these characters already like i don't like mm -hmm. trey i don't like seth yeah. i don't like marissa and those are pretty yeah. big characters to dislike. And I don't like Julie Cooper or Caleb. You know what I mean? Like, these are characters yeah. that I have not <laughs> liked from the start. Yeah. But then I feel like the characters who I love, Sandy, Kirsten, and Summer, are all being done so dirty these last few mm -hmm. episodes. Summer is, like, kind of unlikable the last few episodes. She's still mm -hmm. my favorite character, but, like, I think Joey, when we had Joey on for the Risky Business episode, said it really well. Like, she's not being even remotely a supportive girlfriend mm -hmm. to, like, something huge that's happening in her boyfriend's life. And she could not be less enthusiastic or supportive of yeah. it at all. Yeah. And then the Sandy She's only concerned about how it affects her. Exactly. And the Sandy and Kirsten relationship really is, like, seems dis i think it's that the characters who i clung to as the reason that i enjoy the show are all being done so dirty all at the exact same time yeah so here's all i can ask i know that season three and four we're gonna hit some rough waters from all the previous stuff do you think 
that I will be happy with a course correct on those three characters? Or are they going you, to continue to do them dirty over and over and over? No, again? a course correct for sure. Summer's okay. arc, <laughs> Summer's um, series arc. Okay. In, in the episodic structure and the, the series structure, her arc is my favorite. Okay. Ryan's is the most predictable because yep. he is the he is essentially the hero. And then like Seth, take it or leave it, right? Um, this like this is this whole episode is like when you it's like when you it, <laughs> maybe I'm gonna speak a little bit too much about myself, but like it's that it's that thing where like you don't have sex for a long time. And then all of a sudden you get real horned and then you're just like, bam, 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 bam. That's what this is. Like, this is like, there hasn't been drama for a lot. Like there hasn't been serious drama and now all the drama is happening and it's like, bam, 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 bam. Like, yeah. Cause I think I'm also watching this. You, you gave me a spoiler earlier in this season that Caleb dies. So I'm sitting here waiting for the death of Caleb. I know that Trey doesn't make it to the end of this season. And now I'm like, yo, are they about to fucking kill Kirsten as well? Like, is this going to be widow Sandy for two seasons? Like, no. like, so I'm just getting, I'm getting overwhelmed. I'm getting stressed. Oh, because I, I did tell you, right. That like something happens with Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> at the end, towards the end of the season. This is not it. Honestly, <laughs> I, I completely forgot. Like I was shocked when it happened because I was like, oh, that's right. She does this does happen to her. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past a Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. I mean, the, the, I think the thing I have the least to talk about of the four subplots or the four individual plots right now mm-hmm. is the, the Ryan Trey um, and Marissa one, just cause like, 
it's a whole lot of nothing this episode. Like it's just, I feel like it's the same scene three times. It's, it's after school special. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's the, it's like, um, uh, what's the name of that? Oh my God. You, it, please look it up. As I say it, it's a uh, Fred Savage and Candace Cameron Bure. I think it's like, no one would tell. <laughs> it's a lifetime movie <laughs> where like, Fred Savage is a is a high school wrestler and he like abuses his girlfriend Candace Cameron Bure and then ends up like killing her and throwing her body in the lake. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no one would dad. tell. No one would tell a teen crime drama television film uh based on the true story of a 14-year-old Amy uh etc who was physically abused and murdered by her 16-year-old boyfriend Jamie Fuller. Yeah, and so he a remake debuted on Lifetime September sixteenth, two thousand eighteen. Yikes! Oh God! Oh man, I have to watch that. Um, <laughs> but the reason why is because I say that is because it's like the same thing. It's like you know, so he she is having these flashbacks, and like the first time, it's believable. As it keeps happening, it's like, girl, this is, the the acting is a little overwrought in it's a little too after school specially but again like i say that i say that with like the fact that this is literally like a very ripped from the headlines kind of thing you know what i mean like this yeah. is what people who have essay experience who have essay in their like life lived experience this is what they go through i think here's the compliment that i am actually gonna give i think the scene where her and ryan are kissing and she's having ptsd Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. actually very well handled and and like drives the point across without being too like ham-fisted my problem is like I'm not going to victim blame. I'm not going to sit here and be like, why haven't you told Ryan? I understand that. I just am like, why? I feel like we've had the same. I feel like the same Trey shows up at school. Marissa comes up with excuse to leave school plot happened three times in a 40 minute episode. Yeah. And I was just like, there has to be like, it just, there was a certain point where I'm like, this feels like filler. I'm curious to see. Because a lot of people wanted to talk about next week's episode. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people. It's like, as this one is the one I want to talk about. Yeah. Like, and I don't believe that that's the one with Trey. I think that's the following episode. It's the end of this whole season. The penultimate episode. This penultimate episode's pretty, it's, it leans into some soap opera shit. Like, you okay. thought this episode was bad? Like, I mean, it's. But people are excited mm, about that one, which makes me yeah. think that something something big has to happen around there too that has made like so many people excited to talk about it. But like, I just, I felt like they rushed a bunch of stuff and then it felt like there was spinning wheels and dear Lord, like this character of Kelly, I believe, is that the girl's name that is like fucking Troy Trey? Is fucking Trey. Oh, yeah. The one where, like, they're turning her into, like, I really hate the portrayal of her being this, like, Jezebel, like, yeah. Woman. Everything, dude, everything. I'm like, who is this girl who's just always at his house giving him drugs and having, like, it just doesn't, 
nothing makes sense with her character motivation. Like, like that was like, again, like I'm not, I feel like I'm being hard on this show when I don't need to be hard on this show. But we are it's, hard on the ones that we love, Matt. I, I think it's just that there's so much stuff where I'm like, why? Like, why? Like, there is, you've given me no reason for why this character is the way that this character is. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Um, but, I mean, whatever. We're, we know, at least I know how this ends. And I think I know how the last story we need to talk about ends. The Caleb and Julie I I'm still like so Julie and Lance are gonna kill Caleb is it so she gets the house like is that where we're going that that feels like it might be where we're going Joe how did she not see this divorce coming like oh I know when she shows up to the restaurant and like the process server is like you know it's like I don't know you know I don't know what the contents is and I'm like girl you you've been rich for a little bit you know what it's like when someone gets served papers you serve Jimmy divorce papers bitch like, yeah it's like I think I literally wrote she's so late to the party about finding out that she's getting divorced like it's insane yeah. um Caleb is such a dick in this yeah. episode uh when she like makes the eggs benedict and he's just like oh you so you spent two hours giving a man with a heart condition eggs benedict like what's next ribs what are you gonna get like yeah deep fried ribs or you know he's he's so cold towards her and then when you find out that he's literally been having people following her since the beginning and he knows every fucked up thing since luke since luke Luke, I did have to chuckle when he goes, I mean, sleeping with your girl, your daughter's boyfriend. And she goes, ex-boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) It's not bad because it's the ex. But, you know, he's also in high school. (laughs) Yeah. At at best is 18, maybe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But probably not. More likely 17. Yeah. Yeah. uh, What a show, Joe. What a show. And I guess we'll just have to OC what I think about it next <laughs> oh. week. Uh, but we got to talk about some music. A lot of songs on this one. Yeah. The so we drama had, and the music. And brought. the music. I will say, didn't know any of the... I knew one of these artists. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, You're like, is it a, it's an, a, a pop punk artist from the 2000s? I don't know. And they're all in this episode. Yeah. Basically, uh, as Seth is telling Summer what happened in Miami, you're hearing the song, but then again, no, by the shout out louds. Mm-hmm. Um, when Seth and Zach meet with Reed, we're hearing Hey Scenesters by the Cribs. Uh, when Ryan talks to Jess about who's Jess? What was I? Get? I think oh, Jess is the girl. <laughs> Jess is the girl. Jess is yeah. the girl. Okay. I was like, I thought her name was Kelly. Okay, yes. Jess is the girl. When Ryan talks to Jess about Trey, the party's crashing us by of Montreal is playing. When Summer is helping Marissa pick out clothes to wear to Seth's big comic book uh, party, the big fight by Stars is playing. When Zach and Seth get into a brawl in the comic book shop, Cage That Tiger by the Soul Dad Brothers plays and when Sandy's looking for Kirsten as she's out getting drunker, 2214 by the album Leaf is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, is there a song on here that's the song of the episode, or are you just going straight to Phantom Planet again? <laughs> I mean, 
all of it was kind of incidental. There wasn't like a, you know, here I go again. You know, it wasn't like anything back. I will say, though, that I did enjoy um, the tune that's playing when they go to meet Reed. That's what I wrote down too. Hey, Scenesters. That yeah. song came on and I, you know what it is? It has that Strokes type vibe of like yeah. droney guitar riff and like kind of megaphony distorted vocal thing that I just fucking ate up in the early 2000s. Yeah. I loved that vibe. Man, it's been a while. I, it's rare that we both agree. That I know, that, and we both agree on an episode that doesn't really have bangers. No, not at all. It was just what was the one that sounded the best to us? Um, well, we've got one last thing to do real quick, Joe. And it's a thing that we both love doing, talking about pop culture. Yeah. I'll go first and I'll be quick. Okay. And then I guess you'll talk about Matt Rogers for the fifth time or something. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> ah, ah, you're funny. <laughs> um, th- this show didn't get nearly enough attention, I think, when it came out. I think when it was released, it literally came out the week that the strikes started. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one was really promoting it. I think everyone expected it to be bad. And then we're like, oh, this is actually shockingly good. Uh, on Peacock, the Twisted Metal TV series was so much more fun than it had any right being. Um, the I like played Twisted Metal 2 a lot in in uh, middle school. It was definitely mm-hmm. one of the like going over friends for a sleepover game that sure, was easy sure, sure. to pick up and play. I didn't even know that there was really a plot line to those games until very recently. Uh, But I will say that the direction that they went with this is cool. It's creepy. It's weird. The there's an episode. I want to say it's episode seven. That's kind of like your origin story for the character of Sweet Tooth, who's like the character that people connect Mm -hmm. with Twisted Metal um, voiced by Will Arnett. And like the body is just a wrestler from that I'm familiar with a guy named Samoan Joe uh, is the body wearing the costume. And then Will Arnett provides the voice behind the mask. But uh, that episode literally could be up there as like one of the best horror shorts that I've ever watched. It's such mm, interesting. a well handled uh, gave me a lot of nope vibes like it reminded me of elements of uh, probably my favorite plot line in the movie. Nope. Done as like a character uh, background. So just recommending the twisted metal series, 10 episodes, 25 minutes a piece or whatever. It's definitely like a quick afternoon watch. Well, you know, it's an all day watch, but you know, rainy after rainy, rainy Sunday, knock them all out type thing. Okay. Um, fun fact about that show is that I had, I had literally seen the advertisements for it on Peacock and I was like, what the fuck is this? I have no idea what this is. It's like Anthony Mackie and Stephanie Beatrice. I was like, Stephanie Beatrice got like Disney money. She's Maribel. Why the fuck is she doing this shit? And I had no idea. I also have no context. I didn't know it was a game. Like I didn't know it was a, a video game before. And then that was over the weekend. And then like a couple days later, I went to trivia night and we ended up like getting ahead and ultimately winning because I knew the answer to I was like, oh, my God, I just saw the trailer for this. It's like there's cars and it's and the guy, one of my guys on my team, he hadn't seen it yet. But he's like, oh, my God, yeah, it's Twisted Metal. I think that's yeah. it. <laughs> All right, Joe, what is your pop culture thing? Um, 
the day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday night, I went with my friends Christian and Ashley. Ashley's been on my other show before um, to watch a movie, and it was two and a half hours long, and I felt none of it because I was so riveted the entire time. Um, that movie, directed and written by Academy Award winner Emerald Fennell, is Saltburn. Okay. And Saltburn... It is like it is it is the quintessential example of a thriller. And Matt will know this. <laughs> horror fans like horror fans know this is that like thriller is what non-horror fans describe horror movies as when they like them. <laughs> yeah, I always say that uh, a movie, a horror movie becomes a thriller when it's nominated for an award. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, uh, 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 case in point, uh, the most famous example is the um, a nomination and subsequent uh, uh, award for Best Picture of uh, The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Yeah, but Saltburn is amazing, 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 amazing. It is, like, it is challenging. It is also, like, really wild. Like, there are three specific scenes that are just, like, what? the fuck is happening right now um so the to give you a very the best thing to do about saltboard is to go in knowing literally nothing so if okay. you turn this off and go watch it you're welcome to do it but if you want some sort of situation if you want some sort of synopsis essentially what happens is uh barry keoghan a brilliant actor who uh, he plays this uh, kid who's go or this, you know, college student going to Oxford in England. Um, and he becomes enraptured by the big man on campus. His name is Felix. Felix's ancestral home is called Saltburn. It's literally a castle in the English countryside. Um, and uh, they end up being friends. He ends up befriending um, Oliver and they go to Saltburn for the summer and they spend the summer there. And then that's when the real meat of everything happens. And it's such a ride. You it's such it's so beautifully shot and very well done. The dialogue is fantastic. And again, three specific scenes are really challenging to the point where, like, I became so aware that I was watching it in a room filled with other people at a movie theater that it was one of those things where I was like, I don't think I sh think I should be watching this by myself. Wow. I don't think this is okay. something I should be watching. I, sh I don't think this is something I feel comfortable being aware, perceiving other people around me. <laughs> I'll have to check this out because I obviously loved promising uh promising young women who yeah. uh, that that was the previous film from this filmmaker so and, and that was her first feature film by the way her first feature yeah. film directing and writing and she won an oscar for best uh, original screenplay i would not be surprised if there are if this film also receives some oscar buzz um i was very also happy with myself that i've reached the point in my growth as a gay man that um of the of the uh, principal cast members who are playing um you know beautiful people on the screen the one that i was the most attracted to was the one who is the most queer coded <laughs> who is actually queer <laughs> there you go look at that Which i was like ah yes like well like in the in the movie i don't know if he is in real life but in the movie he's also it's like archie Mattaque who is playing 
the I didn't realize this. He has two movies out this summer. Um, he was he's the main guy in Gran Turismo. Oh, did that ever come out? <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, it came out during Hot Strike Summer. So yeah, I was gonna say I guess that was one of those ones that just kind of you know due no to one, the circumstances got real yeah. no promotion about it being released. I watched a lot of TV too over the holiday break, the winter, the what the winter, the Thanksgiving break, and I got to tell you, I'm ready for at least the. I'm ready to finish this season with something. Well, Joe, you convinced me. I'm not. I'm not running. We've come this far. We're past the halfway point. Next week, Joe, will be episode fifty. So. Dang, we've been doing this a long time. We've been doing this a long time, so we will see All what year, happens <laughs> on the next OC episode. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.